my hair throughout the day. Let me just tell you about my hair journey today, because I know are we that's recording. Because everyone... I want to. This, this, yeah. the people need to hear yeah. this, Daddy. I started out the day looking like Pat Riley, you know, Showtime era, slick back, looking sharp. Right. Yeah. And, okay. And by lunch, I was Quinn Snyder, and now, <laughs> now, what's happening now? What what's is this? Here? What are we looking at? Why looking am at, I like, like the fifth Greg member of the Kittier Beatles now? <laughs> it's nuts it's nuts you've gone from pat riley to quinn snyder to like when greg kinnear decides to play drunk people in a movie i'm about what happened are you did you run out of moose no no well okay we haven't even started the show yet welcome on into the show my name is denny gallagher how's it going today he is benny horowitz a snare campaign provocateur you can insert your own mantra there so here's never what has happened. a bad hair day over here. <laughs> never, never. And and you're a guy who's been photographed a lot. So to, to, for there never to be a bad hair day picture. So what happened? Just a little too much, vo- like, no, too no, no, humid no. today? Are you too stressed and you were clawing <laughs> at your hair? Did you run out of moose? L- let me tell you something. Your boy ended up in the Hudson River this morning. <gasps> Pardon? <laughs> <laughs> on purpose? Or did, Not did on you fall- purpose. No, you fell in the Hudson no. River. No, so <laughs> yes, I went jet skiing okay. this morning on the Hudson. Oh, Pretty did? cool. You did? Yeah. yeah. See people doing that sometimes, and I go, "Wow, okay." They do those tours out of uh, Liberty State Park, so I was like, "Cool, right?" On you it, go what around like Liberty Harbor? Yeah, yeah. Statue. You go Statue yeah, of Liberty. Cool. You go yeah, up the sure. East River. That was scary. Going up the East River on on a, on a jet ski, not my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> I could imagine. So that. yeah, so we kind of get behind the tour from the jumps. So I'm like, oh, all right, we got to make up steam, right? <laughs> so mm-hmm. they go bolting from like the Colgate Clock down toward Ellis Island. And we're cruising, you know, we're hitting some waves. I'm like, oh, this is a lot scarier than I thought this was going to be. So by the time we get to Ellis Island, my girlfriend, who is like five nothing, a hundred nothing, her legs are flying up in the air. I'm like, oh, no, I'm, I'm like trying to grapple with everything. So long story short, we're going and. Uh, we hit a, a little bit of turbulence from, you know, a, a big boat. Combine that with my awake. lack of ability. I think it's awake. A- awake. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Combine that with my lack of ability to steer the damn thing. Because I, sure. prior to today, never ridden or never driven a jet ski before. In your life. Ever. Were you just bucked off like a like a Bronco? <laughs> yeah. So I go, <laughs> I go darting down the Hudson River. And then next thing... I know. I do yes. a little turn to the left, yes. and I'm in the drink. I'm in the drink 100%. Oh, like swimming I'm in, in the Hudson, like, taking it in the water. Like I'm Will Smith and Eva Mendez and Hitch, just like oh, that. Oh, my goodness. Thank just God we've been dating a while, because that... 200-plus years of industry has <laughs> poured into that river. I know. Who knows? Oh, my Chromium, asbestos, but all sorts of shit. I can give you, you a great update. Yeah, so the water was warm today. Water was nice. <laughs> all right, all right. How do you feel? Do you feel strange as if, you know, some of the previous senses you previously had are now enhanced? Basically, I'm at. Have you mutated? I mean, no, because I've grown up swimming in the Shark River by Belmar. So I feel like oh, if, okay. if if I was ever about to mutate, it would have happened long ago. Would have happened by now. So yeah, I ended up in the drink. Mutated a little. Yeah. 
you know, it's funny as an observer, you know, I often sit at either, uh, you know, Morris Canal Park right. or, or Liberty State Park. And I often see the Hudson River jet skiers kind of going like, who the fuck is jet skiing in the Hudson River? You know, it only really seemed to start just like a few years ago that people got serious about it. Yeah. And you can very obviously tell there's two groups of people that go out there. There's like you, you know, the vanilla jet ski rookies in a pack kind of going slower. You can see them like congregating together. Right. And then there's like straight up jet ski, like rough riders. I don't know if you've seen them. Yeah. It's like DMX in the water. (laughs) Like they're hitting those waves. They're like circling boats. They're fucking with people out there. They they go wild out there. Well, I got to say, if I'm to leave a review of the Jet Ski Company, which I don't even know the name of, of, yeah. of, of this company. Al. Al's Jet Skis. Sure. You get in there and the instructors, I guess, or the tour guides, they just take off because they've got three yeah. tours a day and they're like, sure. I got to see the water today. So like, you'll sort it out. You'll be fine. Yeah. So I had no kind of. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? Sometimes the kind of machinery they just hand out to people, yeah. you know, you know, like this thing could kill someone. It could kill yeah. me. I could just run up onto the island and, you know, fucking slam into somebody. Yeah. I've had that. I always wondered two things. There's like, how do they sell those giant? How do they rent those giant box trucks to normal people? I right, never understood exactly. that. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you like literally I've driven vans with trailers where I'm taking on, you know, an extra 30, 40 feet where you can't see the le- it is a totally different experience. And it takes a lot of learning to get good and confident at. So it shocks me that they just hand someone with like a Prius, you know, <laughs> the keys to some giant box truck where you can't see out of either side and you got like 20 extra feet on the back. Uh, and then I, I have a funny story. That yeah. same thing happened to me in the Bahamas. <laughs> so I decided to take a little trip. My, I've never gone on a cruise before. We did one. To save money, I drove us down to Miami. <laughs> and we left for Miami and went to the Bahamas for one day and came back. It was like a three-day cruise. It was all I could swing at the time. And uh, we get to Nassau. And there's like six cruise ships like pouring out at once. And we're like, ah, we got to get away. This is like so touristy. So we find someone who's renting what I think are like mopeds. And I'm like, cool, let's rent a moped and get out of the crew here. I've never ridden anything on two wheels. It's not a bicycle in my life. So it turns out they're like, yeah, yeah, just sign this thing. We'll give you a course. The course was like one shot down this lane. (laughs) Then they're like, you're good. This thing wasn't a moped either. It was like a motorcycle. It went like 45, 50 miles an hour. I'm in just like these little shorts, totally unprepared for what's about to come to me. And before I know it, I'm driving the thing with my uh, wife on the back, I guess then girlfriend, trudging down this giant hill in in Nassau going like, oh my God, like what the hell is happening? And... (laughs) And my wife, who, who grew up in a car family, is on the back going, burn rubber, burn <laughs> rubber. And I realized once I get out to the main road, take all these variables already going on, it's a fucking British province, and you got to drive on the right side of the road, <laughs> oh, which no. is the first time I've ever done that in my life. So before I know it, I got her on the back, burn rubber, me shaking, not being able to carry it, <laughs> fucking going in the wrong lanes and cutting people off because uh, I was in the... Yeah, I was like, we very nearly could have died. I could have killed somebody. 
Luckily, after about 10 minutes, we got through it, and I started to learn the machine, and we started having a pretty good time on it, and I started getting some speed and a little confidence. But the whole story goes back to the fact that they should be a little more careful who they give these machines to. Right, exactly. You know? like, I, like, what do I have to do to go get a license and registration and shit for a car? It's, it's fucking impossible, the right. things you have to do. And I can just go grab one of those? Easy peasy? Uh, yeah. My other burning thing for today, just before... Get it out. We get... I want to see... I want to know philosophically... <laughs> What causes that hair? Today? Oh, good because I'm <laughs> I'm I'm burning about gender roles today. After your story, my story. So we we're about to go out there, and I'm just like, all right, I'm gonna drive half. She's gonna drive half. But then there was no opportunity to change. And this is kind of the thing, you know. I'm a guy that likes to take in the view. Sure. I, so you wanted to jump on the back. Yeah, I wanted to yeah. jump on the back, and I'm a little salty, not because I got drenched into the Hudson, but I. I wanted to see the you know the Freedom Tower, all this stuff. So I don't know. I don't know what to did tell you. Make, you did you make the request and you were denied, or you just no? There you was just, just no opportunity. You just knuckled up. I think by the time like I was struggling and sent us in, she was like, "I'm not gonna do that." Like, sure. Yeah. So like, smart girl, but like, damn. So gender roles, Denny. Yeah. I, if you need. <laughs> I'll offer you a ride around <laughs> around the harbor. You can you can saddle up with me, big guy. Okay. Oh, I I can't wait. I can't. Big wait. Big Daddy will take you for a spin. <laughs> I'll play some music. Some, yeah. What's good? What would be good music if we were doing that? Would be good music to be on on a jet ski. Yeah, with your with your podcast co-host. Oh, all right. Um, well, like, there's got to be Oates, maybe. There's got to be a lot of Jimmy Buffett on there. I'm thinking Hall and Oates. Oh, I don't know why I went Oates? straight. Straight Hall and Oates be great on a jet ski. <laughs> so Hall and Oates, Jimmy Buffett, Me I'll bring the margaritas. Some yeah. Hall and Oates, baby. Let's grab oh a jet. Yeah, gosh. let's do it. Is your girlfriend gonna be okay with this? <laughs> Who knows? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> she can get her own. Get your own, hon. <laughs> All right, Hall and Oates, Jimmy Buffett. You know what that means. It's time for this day music history. <laughs> All right, Benny, what do you got today? This one's fun. So a random story popped out on this day in 1969 that police in Moscow in Russia, or then USSR, reported that thousands of public phone booths had been vandalized after thieves were stealing parts of the phones to convert their acoustic guitars to electric. Wow. Just before that, a feature in a Russian magazine had showed details on the do this and they were using like piano strings to make bass strings and doing all this cool utilitarian stuff. And it was because in the early days, the USSR severely resisted the spread of rock music from the West and demand for electric guitars was, was limited. The domestic production of the guitars was, was like done under Stalin and rock music had been recognized as a Western influence. And there was no impetus for manufacturing. But of course, like in the beginning of the 60s, things started to creep in. People were getting their hands on records, getting their hands on blue jeans, becoming obsessed with Western rock music. So when uh, this magazine published how to change your acoustic guitar to electric, people were so uh, had such a fever to play rock and roll that they went around all of Moscow and tore apart all the public payphones. <laughs> 
to convert them to electric guitars. I thought that was pretty fucking cool. That's great. Rock and roll. It finds a way. It's like, it's like you know, you know, you get a crack in the sidewalk. You know, weeds are coming through. <laughs> the underbelly is always gonna find you, as long as they're good riffs. You know. Oh, that's great. All right, Benny, this is a, a nice one. On this day in 1968, while working in London, the Beatles recorded four takes of a new Paul McCartney song called Hey Jude. That's it. That's the tweet. What a great day just for everybody. Hey Jude came into the world and jazz bands across the world and in <laughs> middle schools thank him to this day. We all we all won that day. <laughs> we all won that day. Benny, you've got one more? I got one more. Cool. So listen, important song. The song Don't Fear the Reaper by Blue mm. Oyster Cult comes out today in 1976. Now, people, obviously, this song has been massively popularized by Will Ferrell hitting a cowbell. And for some deeper rippers out there uh, watching a teenager that was so high that he was carried in a translucent bubble over a Blue Oyster Cult show in the movie The Stoned Age, I would uh, recommend some other people check that out if you haven't seen it. I've seen that. Funny as fuck. That's good. Uh, But the thing I want to talk about is from an album called Agents of Fortune, which, you know, somewhere in my 20s, I, I was like, is Blue Oyster Cold actually good? I got to dig into this. I only know like three songs. Bought Agents of Fortune, and it didn't leave my player for like a couple months. It is a proper good record. It's got a lot of good songs, a lot of good playing. And Don't Fear the Reaper is almost like, it's like the pop hit of the record, but it's worth, uh, that's an album worth owning and worth spinning. So I brought this one up to try to legitimize the, uh, the history of Blue Oyster Cult more than uh, Chubby Will Ferrell hitting his cowbell. One day we're going to do a, a, a pod talking about Jimmy Fallon's low-key influence in just weird <laughs> moments in music history. Almost famous, that sketch, and then somehow he gets the roots. I don't know. It's interesting. Hey, but Benny, speaking of showbiz, this past week, Radio, TV, everybody lost a legend as Regis Philbin passed away at the age of 88 at his home in Greenwich, Connecticut. Benny, I got to say this, you know, for for you, you, you probably grew up wanting to be like, I don't know, like like John Bonham in, in, in like a band tour the world, right? For me, it was never sports. It was never music. It was like, hey, how do I get the job hosting morning television? For some people listening along at home, they're like, really doing a podcast from your closet is the way to go about it. <laughs> There's a reason why they're called Humble Beginnings. But That's I got to right. say this. I actually met Regis one time. Is that right? Uh, yeah. It was, I was home from college. So this was like, I don't know, in like the last 10 years. And Regis was doing a show at the time on Fox Sports 1 called Crowd Goes Wild. Uh, okay. Katie Nolan was on that show. Huh. Uh, Jason Gay from the Wall Street Journal, whole bunch of people that. were on yeah. that show. Okay. And I was like interning for a day on that show. So I like got to talk to him. He gave me like the standard, like, yo, just keep at it and you'll get there. So Regis Philbin, icon legend. That day was incredible. Obviously, most people know him for Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. But for me, late night TV, daytime talk, it's as. All someone like me could probably hope for with way too much knowledge of inane stuff and, you know, the slight gift for Gab. So Regis Philbin, huge influence for me. So, Benny, I just wanted to get that in there before we get on everything else today. 
but the one I mean the one cautionary tale I feel like Regis would tell you is yeah I, I don't think Regis showed up with bad hair any days. Oh come on. If you think this perfect. is bad this is beautiful today, man. Every day it was perfect. I could you walk on set of command right now with this pro. and it'd be beautiful. <laughs> no, I mean my like, you know, uh pretty much in the prime of my, you know, TV watching where I was watching TV, Regis and Kathy Lee mm. was the morning show. Yeah. Like the morning show. Um and nothing was bigger. So it was like an institution. That voice and that that man was like uh just part of like the narrative growing up for me, you know. It's one of those people that seems seems to have always been there, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh so yeah, deep respect for that. Um and yeah, from all all accounts and stories, I feel like I got to back it up, but I feel like my sister has a, uh, a a story with Regis as well and he always seemed like a pretty good guy. Yeah. So, yeah, rest in peace, Regis. And, thanks and, for thanks for all the stuff, man. Yeah. In essence, to tie us back to music, a a link to the Rat Pack because he was Joey Bishop's sidekick. I, I know Joey Bishop is like the li- really? the little known talked about wow. per- member of the Rat Pack, but he had the Jimmy Kimmel time slot back then huh. on ABC and Regis was his, his sidekick and, and stuff Get like that. Get out of here. He was like yeah. his Ed Sullivan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, but I didn't know that. The, or his Andy Richter. Exactly. The one last thing I want to say on his impact uh, on TV going forward, his daughter, JJ, was a writer and executive producer on the Fox sitcom New Girl. Uh, she <laughs> also has a sitcom on ABC right now. But guess who she's married to? No idea. Mike Schur... Of Parks and Recreation fame, oh, yeah. The Office, ca- sure. all, pretty much any NBC sitcom you've liked in the last ten years, Mike Schur's the guy. So just crazy, wow. just crazy power, connections. How this power writing works. couple right there. Yeah, exactly. So all right, Benny. First headline today, and this just crossed the wire over the past couple days as well. But Tom Thibodeau, the longtime NBA coach, has coached at various stops like Minnesota, Chicago. Uh, to different levels of success, has been named the next head coach of the New York Knickerbockers. Now, Benny, there's a lot of different ways we can go with this. Uh, He was a one-time assistant for the Knicks in uh, 1992-1993, I want to say. Tibbs has had a a, a up-and-down journey in his last stop in Minnesota. He was the uh, uh, president of basketball operations as well as the head coach, so really had front office and coaching level success but the thing with this hire for the knicks right everybody wants to like talk about how the culture is changing in new york and guess what the culture is not changing because the man that still writes the paychecks is not is is still there and that'd be james dolan bass guitarist of one of the worst (laughs) r&b bands i i don't even know if you can even call it r&b r&b blues James Dolan's kind of his his own genre, but Let's anyway, just call it what it is. Yeah, it's white. It's white. White blues. Yeah, it's okay. exactly. Yeah. He's he yeah. he's like if if Jimmy Buffett had lived in New York. Why am I ripping on Jimmy Buffett today? I don't know. Uh, go ahead. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, this is a safe place for that. <laughs> but the problem it, with the Knicks, yes, you can bring in World Wide West. Yes, you can bring in Leon Rose and a a, a tough nails guy like Tom Thibodeau. I've talked to Tibbs a couple of times. We've had him on the shows at Sirius. Really, really good down down the earth guy, but honest to God, the culture in New York is not changing until the Madison Square Garden group gets itself together and stops letting James Dolan make the decisions. I mean, it's a fair point, but it's also no fun to talk about because then we can't talk about Tom Thibodeau being hired. <laughs> I mean, you're probably right, you know, but that being said, 
in those small windows where the Knicks can manage to be good, Tom Thibodeau seems to be a well-liked guy. You know what I mean? Like Amari Stoudemire likes him. Yeah. Carmelo Anthony likes him. Like sometimes when there's success, it does go okay. Maybe this is the time it happens. I'm not saying it definitely will, yeah. <laughs> but maybe it is. Yeah. But here's some numbers, all right? All Let's right. just look at numbers. Okay, these are the New York Knicks head coaches over the last 15 years. You ready? Yeah. Larry Brown, winning percentage, 280. Isaiah, winning percentage, 341. Mike D'Antoni, winning percentage, 420. Mike Woodson, the last good one, right? Winning percentage, 580. Derek Fisher, winning percentage, 294. Rambis, 321. Jeff Hornacek. 366 David Fisdale 0.202 winning percentage Tom Thibodeau a career winning percentage of 59% so right off the bat you're just bringing in something that feels better you know what I mean even when he was in Minnesota Minnesota made the playoffs when he was running those Chicago teams even if he was running Butler and Dang and Noah into the ground, as it were. I mean, Jimmy Butler's still walking. Yeah. Uh, you know, that team was great. And that team was actually contesting with, um, you know, with, with the Cavs going into Eastern Conference Finals and stuff like that. Uh, I'm sorry, with the Heat. And uh, so I, I think this is kind of like a no-brainer, especially when the other candidates, Mark Jackson, Jason Kidd, the people they were taking seriously have, you know uh, – come with even more baggage than Tom Thibodeau where there could be high. Like, could you actually imagine Jason Kidd and James Dolan working together? Jason Kidd's worked himself out of six towns by himself without having James Dolan around. So it's, and, and to top it off, I think Thibodeau, like you said, his experience in New York, his experience around the league, uh, doesn't seem like someone who will be shaken at all by New York media. I think he'll know how to play it. That's because he's friends with most of them. Anyway, yeah, I mean, even so, like, yeah, it's true. But, you know, so I will never sit here and say, oh, Knicks are looking good just because of what you said. Yeah. But uh, I like it and I like the mix and they've had such a poor run over the last 15 years. I think it's a good idea to bring in somebody established and somebody who can maybe get a get the best out of these kids the next couple of years. I mean, it's been sad almost to watch guys like uh, Knox and, and Barrett and, uh, you know, and uh, Nilakina and, and guys who you could see, you know, if um, RJ Barrett winds up on like the Spurs last year, if he winds up in the Bucks or one of these good programs, even the Nets where they just start developing players, you start to see something towards the end of the season, you see more, you see some development. I've gotten to watch that with Kenny Atkinson teams the last few years. And man, the Knicks just don't have it. And they have this crew of kids. So I think it's worth a shot. I think it's a pretty good hire. I think you nailed it perfectly when, uh, you know, you brought it back to your nets. This is, this hire for the Knicks is what the Nets were trying to do with Kenny Atkinson. He's going to be a coach that's going to get you to a certain point. And if the Knicks ever become title contenders, they're going to need, a, another coach in there because no star in his right mind is going to want to stick with Tom Thibodeau. Like, I don't think that you're going into free agency and, and you're being, a, oh, Tibbs is a main draw for, like, say, like Giannis in, like, 2021. So for where the Knicks are right now, it's a good hire. 
He's going to get the most out of R.J. Barrett. Honestly, he's probably the one coach that could probably make a, a R.J. Barrett, Frank Nilakina guard combo work. So, shout out to him. He's a uh, you know he he's probably probably going to bring in medium sized free agents. Which at, at this point, that's what the Knicks need. They need to start building. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of the league, NBA gets going on Thursday night. Zion Williamson is playing tonight, and Benny, I want to run through you know be. In over the course of this, I want to, for us to give some predictions for how we think the bubble is going to shape up. Let's do it. As I just let's, completely belch in the microphone. Let's. Uh, <laughs> you know what's fun about about trying to be a pundit is predicting yeah. unpredictable things, yeah. right? Isn't it fun? <laughs> yeah. But so the NBA, right? They came out yesterday, said they have no no positive tests. Mm-hmm. So it looks like the bubble's actually working. Even if there was a breach, I'd imagine it would be a small and contained breach at this point. So um, I do have confidence that breach. it's going to happen and it's going to actually potentially go through to the end, which I can't say for all sports. Yeah. So that's first thing being first. It actually might happen. All right. So let's start with the eighth seed here. Who, who do you think grabs the eighth seed? I think New Orleans grabs the eighth seed in the West. And I think... Well, I mean, like, who 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 really cares about the Eastern Conference? Eight seed? I think. Yeah, it, it's going to be yeah. the Nets or the Magic. Right. right. Who gives a fuck? I, I mean, I could. <laughs> I honestly think that Memphis is going to hang on to this because yeah. Michael Jordan. I mean, excuse me, John Morant, the God, out here putting up numbers uh, in in his Jeez. rookie year that are similar to Elgin ba- Baylor and Michael Jordan. So if he he'd be only the third rookie to lead his team to the playoffs like that as like the main scorer on the team. So that's a very interesting storyline to watch here. So of course I got to go with Memphis here. Now on the other side of things, do you think we'll see a Clippers Lakers Western Conference Finals? I do. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I still that was my preseason prediction even before uh, the world caught on fire, <laughs> and it is still my prediction now. Um, I, I I don't see a reason to go away from it. I I am uh, scared of a couple teams. I think Houston's going to come in in a pretty good situation, especially with those two in the bubble. Uh, I know everyone's kind of going on the skinny, you know, Nikola Jokic hype, um, but th- those two teams put together, even with um, them being a little thin at a couple positions going in, I, everyone's going to be a little thin at some point yeah. going in a couple positions, and I think they are almost predestined to uh, to to meet in the Western Conference Finals. All right, then let's turn the attention to the Eastern Conference Finals. It's my Bucks and who else? I mean, like really, like like let's just be honest here. I think at this point, I think I'm going to go with something I know. You know, when this first started, my instinct was to imagine a team like the Sixers could get healthy and put it together in this, that it, it was advantageous for a team like the Heat, uh, a team like the Celtics, who, you know, have good chemistry. I I think it's going to be the Raptors, man. I think it's yeah. going to be the Bucks and the Raptors. Uh, at this point, they have, you know, that core going in. They have that depth. They're solid with the experience. And... You know, for all the reasons I thought those teams might make a run when this started is kind of the reason I think Toronto can keep it together. I think it's going to be so strange and it's going to be so different 
that these young teams who have never been there before are actually going to suffer for it more than the teams that have. So I, I do lean a little more towards Toronto's experience and moxie at this point. We have Paul Jones on the podcast once, and over a stretch of time, you go from, oh, the Raptors, they suck, to now it's like the Raptors are going to be in, in the conference finals again. They you sold are a- me, man. They sold me. I mean, Benny, honestly, congratulations. You are officially a pundit. That's it. Yeah, of course. You got to change, you know? You got to change. I'm not going to stick by predictions just because I made them, you know? You got to live and learn, baby. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Got to, got to live and learn. And I think a team that's doing a whole lot of living and learning, especially through the end of what we saw was the regular season up until now, is the Miami Heat. Now, yeah. people forget they're adding Andre Iguodala to, okay. to this rotation. What is he, 40, 46 by the time this oh, is going to start? Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, but apparently he said some pretty controversial things about the WNBA players. That I, yeah sexuality this past week so not exactly wanting to shout out iggy this week but you can't ignore him in in coming back you combine iggy with jimmy and the young crew that had been tearing it up i think they're honestly the the biggest team that can can give a challenge to the bucks in this postseason not philadelphia not boston miami i've heard a lot of people call bam the uh stopper so so we'll see if that see if that happens. By the way, I was very happy when we talked to Joe Varden that uh, Pat Riley not exactly in the bubble because you know if him if he was staying at the same hotel with Giannis, Giannis would be in Miami next summer, and I would be so <laughs> sad. Like, listen, Giannis can go to the Lakers. That's fine. Don't go to Miami. Let me ask you this: and I what, is, what do you think in those situations? What's Riley's drink? He's an old fashioned guy, right? Or old fashioned, just... it's a little kitschy and old fashioned. Okay, so just scotch, nothing. Yeah, I wonder if he's a. Nice. He might be like a high end alcohol neat sort right, of guy. Exactly. You know, like like yeah. he looks at, at at pop, you know, drinking his fancy wines, and he's like, "You're such yeah. a coward." Like, yeah, drink yeah. it straight up. Yeah, he might be. He he might be. Second Pat Riley reference today. I don't really like that. That kind of gives me the willies. But Keep it going. anyway, Benny, end of the season. Who is the champion of the bubble? What about old Greybeard showed up to the bubble? You know, <laughs> oh, that here, means here something. Go. LeBron James coming in, right? This portion of the podcast he, brought to you by Spring Hill Industries. That's right. Bring him in. <laughs> you know, we're, we're seeing the hashtag. You know, he kind of took that like deplorables thing when when they started calling him the washed up king, you know, and took that hashtag and started running with it. And he's like, yeah, I'm the washed up king. You'll see. And then he comes into the bubble looking like fucking Vin Diesel. But but intentionally, this is you know, this is LeBron James. He doesn't do anything by mistake. Intentionally leaving the silver on the sideburns to show people, old man is here. Let's see, washed up king. And I think he's on like a I'm gonna own the fucking bubble kind of thing. I almost get like the uh Lord of the Rings thing, you know, when when Gandalf fought the fire demon. And went into the pits, and you all thought he was dead, and then reappears as Gandalf the White. I think that's what LeBron's doing right now. He's just going for some shit. I think it times up perfectly. It would be so unique for the Lakers to win the bubble in this fashion. I think the Last Dance documentary kind of started leveling the uh, LeBron MJ debate again, where I think uh, you know people felt like LeBron's going to need another another uh, nugget on his rings to to 
even be compared for the best. He knows all this, and he happens to have a generational talent, uh, you know, in his mid twenties, who he can do anything with. And I think that's that such high be- praise for Jarrah Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, you know, if Jr. decides to show up, we already brought up Mike Woodson. If if they can get him to play like he played for Mike Woodson where he actually decided to defend and rebound for six months and be a real basketball player, it's going to be very useful. And, you know, it's kind of typical J.R. Smith. You don't want to ask him to do something for more than, like, two months. So this is almost like the perfect window. It's like, I think I can keep you good for this amount of time, you know? And any longer than that, it's a wash. I really don't think this conversation about the Lakers matters because at the end of the day, it's a Clippers to lose. Like, I'm not even going with my, okay. my own bucks. It's a Clippers to lose. Most of those guys have been playing together at, at some billionaires basketball court in Los Angeles during the quarantine. So they've been in shape. They're coming in ready to play. They're only adding depth. They've got Doc at the helm. They've got Kawhi, the best player in the world right now. There's no bubble. Like, they could play this game on Mars and the Clippers would still win the championship. Wow. I mean, but there is a reality. Like, you know, I think it's easy to rule out the Bucks because they, you know, they don't have, obviously they have a star, but they have gone so deep a couple times and got beat and everyone thinks they know their deficiencies. But honestly, watching uh, either of these teams struggle to keep up with that ball kicking around the perimeter and Giannis driving and I can see it. I really can. And and I even though I am picking the Lakers and I'm not going away from that, it really wouldn't surprise me to see the Bucks take out either one of these teams at this point. By the way, during the tune-up games there, which I don't know how we didn't get to sponsor those games. Maybe not, <laughs> not enough capital. Yeah. But Giannis shooting a tick over 40% from three in those I games. Know. If that's the case and he can drive and he can shoot from the corner and from beyond the arc – Watch out, everybody. But you still- notice, though, how, how Homeboy has to, like, he's so tall out there. He's got to buckle his knees, like, yeah, right. in. And, like, like this. It's like a, it's a, weird it's like a bad like, thing. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, he's, he's, he's almost bird-like when he uh. tries to shoot threes. Not Larry Bird. No. Like, no, like, like- an ornithologist, <laughs> yeah. Like the type that almost tried to scoop me out of the water today. Anyway, yeah, you're yeah. going Lakers. I'm going Clippers. So, Larry O.B. going back to L.A., in October, but yeah, a lot, a lot's gonna happen before then. But I'll tell you one thing, I'm not betting against old Graybeard right now. <laughs> he looks insane. Oh, He's gonna eat someone. The and Benny continues to be on the payroll for the LeBron James Corporation. <laughs> yeah. Well, Benny, you know we talked about a team and a league that's going to finish their season. A league that's not gonna finish their season. Major League <sighs> Baseball. Benny, that's my question. I'm just going to tee you up here because we're talking about baseball. Are we going to see a season after this week for Major League Baseball? After this week? Yes. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. They're going to – I mean, there's too much at stake here. Um, They're going to try to control this one team. You know, um, I can see the inevitability that maybe some teams eventually will have to drop out of this thing. And I don't know how they handle that and keep it legitimate at all, but I'm not going to say it's going to be over in two weeks. Yeah. Um, There's just too much into it to to see that happening. But I think they obviously decided on a, a failed system that this country is not ready for. 
You know, like you put a bunch of guys in the bubble. Okay, maybe, maybe. You know what I mean? I can see it. But if you're making guys get in commercial planes, fly all over together, get in these hotels, go wherever to eat, you know, it's just like it's too widespread. It's impossible. It's yeah. impossible to find. And the fact that you might see another one of these in the next couple months is highly probable. Um, do I think that definitely stops the season? Do I think these companies and corporations are like brutal enough to just like, oh, we're down 20 guys. Here's 20 other fucking guys. You know, they could, yeah. they might, and they might do everything they can to make sure they finish. Uh, and I'm not sure if at that point it's a paper champion or not. But um, I do think there's a chance it still goes through to the end. Um, but I think those chances went way down in the last yeah. week, and my confidence is way down. So you think when we have our World Series, it's going to be single-A players versus single-A players because everybody else has had corona. Yeah, I mean, or luck of the draw, really. Like, by yeah. the time you get there, I mean, that's where I think it's just going to be some some bizarre mixture of health and a couple runs with 60 games that's going to get a team there. So you really might see a really wacky playoffs and, uh, and World Series situation going into this. I know this isn't even on the Vegas money line, but... What are the odds you think that I end up playing in the playoffs for one of these teams? Hey, man, I, I, I can get the glove out. I can get the glove out. I can still play second base and what's, steal your, some What's base. your natural position? Second, huh? Yeah, second. Were you ever nicknamed Scooter? Why? Do I look like a Scooter? Kind of. I look Especially like, now that you Why? Because I'm like, like, like under six foot and white. Is that why I'm Scooter? Jesus. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think so. Uh, What's a better nickname for you? Uh, Have you ever had like a solid nickname? Yeah, my parents said I could whisper across the Hudson. Not even kidding. I'm I'm, I'm not even trying to make a bit about the events of earlier. So so they called me Hudson. A lot of really yeah Hudson. Yeah, my my first email was that, but you know the O wasn't available, so I just changed it to Hudson with an I. How about that? Are you too young to to have had uh, AIM Instant Messenger? Dude, I had AIM. What was your How name? How do you think I was trying to hit on girls in middle school? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> what was your aim name? It was boring because, well, I didn't set it up. So my brother uh, goes to college. He sets it up for me. So I think it's like my initials and then birth year. Yeah. So like nothing fun. No, not like skater boy with 16 eyes. Yeah. No. <laughs> B-O-I. <laughs> yeah, of course. Plenty of ways to get in contact with the show. You can email us at the tuneuppodcast at gmail.com. Two P's in there. Don't forget it. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the tuneuphq. I got to do better at posting our videos to Instagram. I was really slack there. But That's our true. Vi yeah. Our videos, they're, they're great. We've You can go through the back catalog, watch the videos with all of the guests we've had on. And we've had some good ones. You know, during this quarantine, Quality we really ste stepped it up. All-star uh, lineup. All-star, just exactly. Uh, you can follow the big man himself, at Benny Horowitz, one, number one in your mind, number one in your heart, number one on Twitter. I'm at Denny underscore Gallagher. Benny, you got anything else? You know, everybody stay cool out there. Stop sweating so much. Don't I know we can't use baby powder anymore. I hope there's some other alternatives out there for you. <laughs> but uh, everybody love everybody. Have a great week, and uh, give us some... Give us some likes and some reviews and uh, come back and, and enjoy the program. Oh, gosh. First, Benny's going back on his word, on his predictions on this. Then he's saying like, subscribe, review. Benny, God damn it, you graduated Pundit School. <laughs> You've been listening to The Tune-Up. <laughs>